Coming up in this podcast, built-on collapse, CBD vacancy rates, Balabala iron ore and land developers. Welcome to Mark My Words, the weekly podcast from Business News with Mark Pownall and Mark Beyer discussing the important business news and data stories from Western Australia. Hi, I'm Mark Pownall. And I'm Mark Beyer. Welcome to our weekly podcast. So the big story of the week was the collapse of construction company Built On. It's at a time when there's a fall off in the amount of construction activity, particularly for home building, and tight margins. So what's the story there, Mark? Yeah, well, all of that, Mark. Um, So built on, there was inklings of this basically late last week, uh, news out that uh, some subcontractors hadn't been paid, um, and this is often where you hear it first. And in fact, we reported on Friday that it was an expectation that built on would go under, and that duly happened on Monday when the directors appointed administrators to the business. Uh, look, the, the general figures are something in the order of 110 to 130 residential home owners or property owners that are in the process of building have been affected. So that's the big consumer angle. Uh, there is something like $16 million of creditors, mainly trade creditors, mainly subcontractors, 350 of them. So that's quite a big uh, ripple effect. Um, and then you've got, obviously, insurance. All those home builders will be going to the insurers. Uh, and there is also some secured creditors. That is uh, a very hazy figure at the moment, but there's at least $14 million, they think, um, secured from two financiers, one of them a big one with $12 million of that. So we're looking at about $30 million kind of as a, as a ballpark figure to begin with. That's quite a big collapse. In it, by our numbers, that's the second biggest failure of a residential builder for in the last two years. The, for, the one before that was Free Life. Both of them had a strong association with uh, investment uh, financial wealth groups that, that funnel investor uh, build, um, home uh, property owners, property investors into, into, their, um, into building with these guys. Um, and look, there's a lot to this story. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's got um, some really, you know, no one's quite sure when this, when they started to have problems. I've personally spoken to one subcontractor who said he was hauled in a year ago and told, "We can pay you, we can pay you, but you're just going to have to stick with us. If you don't stick with us, then you know it gets harder." A guy stuck with it, with it, and he said he's lost hundreds of thousands of dollars and it's crippled his business. So, this is the private side of this subcontractors issue that we talked about uh, on this podcast a couple of weeks ago. The state government has had all these political issues with subcontractors to large projects, them getting done before <laughs> them getting the ones missing out as the lead manager um, cuts them out of the picture. So, here we see now a similar process. Okay, it's an amazing number of people affected by that. So yeah, but look, it doesn't. Uh, oddly enough, it doesn't come anywhere near the free life one, which was two hundred and twenty-nine or something like a, bi- a much bigger number, uh, to the point where it, it really had ramification. You know, th- this actually affects the state because the state is the under is the ma- is the reinsurer of QBE and as the main um, home indemnity insurer. So, whatever QBE has to pay out to finish these homes the state government, in effect, wears it. 
Um, now, uh, Mark, we've had a, a bit of, uh, well, there's some more property news, um, and we'll talk about land developers later as well, but the big issue is CBD vacancy rates also. It's tough out there for landlords. Yep. Yeah, look, some new research out from uh, Damien Stone, his group Y Research. He's estimated the office vacancy rate in the city is 25.2%, the highest since 1991. Now, that's a, a phenomenal number. Um, uh, speculation that could be the peak, which is a you know, very small consolation. Mm. Um, he's saying that since 2012, the number of office workers in the city has fallen by 15,000. Okay. So, you know, phenomenal. And you know, a lot of that is off, you know, a lot of people who were working on big projects, big sort of oil and gas and, and mining construction projects, um, they're all tapering off. So the teams that they need in the city correspondingly are falling away. And there aren't, there isn't the growth in other industries to offset that. Uh, he found some numbers, the number of iron ore tenancies in the city it was 45, now 18. Mm. Now, I was actually surprised there were that many, but it just shows um, how much that's fallen. So, yeah, tough times if you're a property owner in the CBD. And I suspect that some of those iron ore tenancies were multiple ones because I think companies like Rio Tinto had spread themselves across various properties because they couldn't get it all in one place, which I Absolutely. think they've now been able to consolidate back, haven't they? Yep. And, and similar, the likes of Worley Parsons, they had teams all over the city grabbing any space that they could. Gotcha. And, yeah. and look, Mark, last year I noted Urbis, for instance, moved into the Quadrant building, so some people are taking advantage of this shift. Are there any other examples of that kind of positive news in this space? Yeah, look, we had an interesting little story uh, over the week. Uh, John Poynton, he's set up a new business well, relatively new, called Jindalee Partners, focused on technology investment, uh, more of a venture capital kind of uh, business. They've been operating up in Subiaco. Now, he got to a point where he needed uh, to get their own premises, and initially he looked at West Perth, and then someone came along and said, well, we've got some good space in the KPMG building on St George's Terrace. Um, Macquarie Bank has been downsizing, so... There's a good example where people are looking to move. They can get very good deals in prime buildings on the terrace. Absolutely. And I've never asked John about the origins of that name, Jindalee, but some of the older listeners might remember that the Jindalee radar system was an Australian-designed system and it was an over-the-horizon radar system. And so the the idea of Jindalee is something that can see further than most. Uh, and I also recall there was a book in the 1980s called The Jindalee Factor, which celebrated the four, four to the floor, four on the floor entrepreneurs of WA and how they could sort of see over the radar and get ahead. Mm, Great anyway. history. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, we've spoken just briefly, mentioned the iron ore there um, the, as tenants, but there has been some positive news in the iron ore space this week with uh, New Zealand's Todd Corporation make some announcements about its Balla Balla project. Yeah. What are the details there and what does that herald? Yeah, look, that project has been under um, evaluation for several years already, um, you know, at least four to five years. Um, they signed a state agreement with the government during the week. So this is an example, I suppose, of the very long lead time 
that you often get with these projects. The previous owners had tried to get it up during the last mining boom, didn't quite get there. So the Todd family, very wealthy family out of New Zealand, they've backed several uh, mining companies out of Perth and they've come in. So plans for a new port, new railway, and if it all happens, paves the way for some of the stranded iron ore deposits. The ones that are stuck basically halfway between Port Hedland and Dampier, they'll have new infrastructure. So, you know, as an owner with deep pockets, they're taking a long-term view, they're doing all the work now, and it's a bit like a lot of the uranium projects. You know, uranium is in the doldrums at the moment, but people are doing the groundwork now, doing all the studies, getting all the approvals, so that when the market opportunity comes up, they'll be ready to hit the button. The long game. Um, and speaking of long games, uh, as I mentioned our special report this week is land developers. Uh, now, Dan Wilkie has done our annual wrap-up of the sector, which is doing it very tough, Mark. Again, property. Um, so first of all, and I, look, this is just my summary of Dan's work, uh, it's never been as bad for most of the people who have been in this industry. All right? So they're talking about volumes are back at 1984 levels when WA's population was significantly smaller. Um, there's mixed views in the market as to whether it'll get worse or sort of stay at this bottom level. Obviously, everyone's hoping it'll improve. Um, Nigel Satterley, for one, uh, major heading a major land developer, is predicting that detached housing construction, which is obviously synonymous with land development, um, will be less than half the, f- the forecast figure from the major industry bodies. And those major industry bodies' forecasts are very low already. So... You know, um, it's very tough out there. Uh, look, broader news is uh, block sizes have actually grown from a very low base um, and house prices are lower um, as people looked. And, and I guess that's, you know, again, if you're, it's a buyer's market, so you can get a bit more land and you can pay a little bit less for the house you're going to put on it. Um, uh, people are, and they're building very different homes. So we're moving on from the McMansion and people are, are building for efficiency and practicality, and that's both um, cheaper to build and cheaper to run. Okay, so it's a big change rather than the, the something that fills up the whole block and has a million bedrooms and an entertainment and 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 isn't sustainable and has high energy costs and that sort of thing. Um, other things that the sector have noted: changes to Keystart Loans program and the first home buyers grant. Uh, the latter, of which increased total amount from ten thousand to fifteen thousand recently. That's given the sector some hope that first home buyers will be tempted back into the market because that's a that's a sector that's diminished, um, f- not just affected by the market employment market, but also affordability affordability issues. And the last thing I'll say: counter cyclical players are entering the market. So we've got groups like used to be Match, now called M Group, have gone into land development. You know, mid trying to be a mid tier player, fit between the the tiny guys and the big guys. And it's worth noting that the big players from WA, Pete, Cedarwoods, those ones, and Satterley, have all been switching their focus east over the last few years to get some geographic diversity in their portfolio, which, you know, they've been doing that for years. It makes sense now, big big sense. So pretty interesting feature, lots there. And, and I know there's been a, a push for a long time to get more diversity in the options that are available to home buyers in Western Australia. Yeah. That's been one of the frustrations that there hasn't been all that much choice or, or variety in what's out there. So good to see some uh, initiatives in that regard as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, 
so that feature will be up online on Monday uh, and out with the paper, of course, which comes out Monday. Uh, if you're interested in property, don't forget we have a property panel coming up on February 17, a breakfast. Tickets are available from Business News website. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Mark My Words with Mark Powell and Mark Bayer from Business News. For more information, please go to businessnews.com.au forward slash podcasts. And to receive these regularly, search for Business News WA in iTunes or SoundCloud. <laughs>